For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in the Broncos podcast. I'm Chris Braden. Believe in the Broncos is brought to you by Bet Online. Big O, I, I want to share some, some great news with you, and you may or may not already know this. If you want to listen to the Believe in the Broncos podcast, we're on Sirius XM now. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, no, I never knew that. That's awesome. So do you have XM in your car? Do you have Sirius in your car? Some people do. I do just because I'm bougie like that, and I like my music. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I got it because of, of the kiddos. So okay. uh, they got a couple stations that are just more related to kids. And there's this really, uh, I forgot exactly what it is, what it's called, but it's actually set in my, in my truck where it's not kids bop. Is it? I think it it's, might be It's yeah. like a remake of a lot of the songs. Yeah. So, kids bop. Yeah. yeah my kids exactly. love that. I enjoy it. I mean, a lot of the songs I know that's being played on it. And so, we're able to rock out, listen to it this morning. So kid okay. friendly is, is uh, important too in the car. So I put in the app and then I pulled up uh, believe in the Broncos. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah. And there's a picture of you. <laughs> so cool. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, uh, let's just not bury the lead. Tim Patrick yesterday went down, uh, found out it's a torn ACL out for the season. Um, Man, tough, tough break for the Broncos, mostly for Tim Patrick, because, you know, I play a ton of golf. And when you're looking for your game in golf, you got your we'd say uh, you got to go find it in the dirt. You know what I mean? And yeah. Tim Patrick is definitely one of those guys that has put in the work, tons of respect. It was shown yesterday when, you know, everybody took a knee and Coach Hackett and everybody went up there and well wishes and they they knew what this meant to him. But also what it could mean to the Broncos as a team moving forward. Yeah, I was super unfortunate yesterday watching Tim Patrick go down because, you know, I was looking forward to him becoming that dog, you know, mm -hmm. becoming that alpha out there. there you know, you walk into an NFL locker room and everybody was an alpha at some point of their career, whether that was little league, high school, college, whatever the case may be, but it's hard for guys to transition and become a leader in an NFL locker room because there's just so many guys that are a lot like you in that locker room. Tim Patrick is a guy that has worked his butt off to be a successful member of the Denver Broncos. And last year, you know, George Payton came in and showed what he thought of Tim Patrick with that extension. So I was looking at him as to try to get that attitude that, yeah, this is our house type of feeling, especially alongside having a good quarterback in Russell Wilson now. Uh, I think that the Broncos wide receiver room is still very talented, 
But he brought that that lunch pail to work attitude to work each and every day. That guy that was just going to grind, he was going to do whatever the coaches needed him to do, and he was going to make sure he did it at a high level. So it's a huge loss for this wide receiver room, but a bigger loss for this team. And we saw it yesterday. You know, immediately when he went down, the thing that happens in football that you absolutely hate, and kids are taught this from a young age, is that, you know, when a guy goes down, you kind of keep on going, and it's next man up. And one of the coaches were like, okay, Riverside it. And you saw, like, the players were really affected by it. And so nobody kind of moved. And the whole air was just let out it out there at UC Health Trading's facility where guys were like, yeah, Riverside, no, hold on, coach. Like, we need a minute. And probably stopped for about five minutes, and then you saw the cart come out, and, you know, the fans, you know, clapped it up for Tim Patrick when he, when he got up on the cart. And you just saw the, the respect that this helped his teammates and his peers. That was unbelievable because, you know, honestly, I didn't realize how – a lot of guys view Tim Patrick and right. just how it went down yesterday. You can definitely tell he's a leader on this team. Is there anybody, I mean, every room's different. I think that, you know, every position group has a leader in that room, maybe a de facto leader, just, you know, like Von Miller was, he was, not, he was the, like, I'm going to show you guy, not really a talker guy. Is there anybody in that wide receiver room that, can take over that leadership? Is that left up to Cortland Sutton or is there anybody else you see could do that? Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, the big thing in the National Football League, Chris, is you've got to be the same guy each and every day. Now, Cortland's going in year five. So whatever type of leader Cortland is, he's just got to make sure he's consistent. If he tries to change it up now or become more vocal or less vocal now because Tim Patrick's, you know, dealing with that ACL injury and is done for the year, Guys are going to look at that and be like, man, that's a little bit of fakeness to you. So what I encourage guys is being their self. Whatever person you are, make sure you're that person each and every day. Because when you play in the National Football League, this is your family. You're around these guys so much. You know, during training camp, you're putting in 12, 14-hour days every single day. And then when you get back to the team hotel, you're playing cards. And then the season starts. It's this exact same thing where you're in this grind for seven months out of the year. So these guys are around you even more than some of your family members are going to be around you. So the most important thing is just trying to be the same guy each and every day and be as consistent as you can be. You know, as unfortunate as it was to lose Tim Patrick yesterday, to see the way the players reacted, did that make you feel like this team is coming together a little bit more? Do you? Because like when I saw that, I was like, man, this seems like back in the days when the Broncos were winning. Like they, they, it was family, it was personal at that point. Yeah, well, I will tell you this, you know, a couple of days, you know, right before we started training camp, they had a media barbecue out there and Nathaniel Hackett gets up there in front of the media and says, you know, it's about what Court could do good. It's about what Tim Patrick could do good. It's about Alberto. It's about, you know, this offensive line. And and I, I, I know in this offense, this wide zone scheme, your number one and number two wide receiver, very important. Your tight end. Your first two, your number one tight end, very important. And those guys are all guys that have opportunities to realistically get to a thousand yards. You know, so Tim Patrick is a big piece of that to this team. When you look at the quarterback and just how it's made up, you know, if you could throw for a thousand yards to one guy as a quarterback, you're doing pretty well. And now when you don't have that production, 
and you lose that. A guy that viewed us as, as that piece that was going to bring that to you, especially a guy like, like Tim Patrick has led the team in touchdowns the last two years as well. You know, that's, that's a big piece that they just lost yesterday. So you're going to be down. And it's hard not to root for Tim Patrick, whether you're a first-round pick or a seventh-round pick or an undrafted guy or a guy that just came here to try to go chase a Super Bowl or, or you know, Russell Wilson coming here. You know, if you sit down and have a conversation with Tim Patrick and realize the details of his story and what he's been through, it's hard not to root for a guy like that. Yeah, it's sad, but the Broncos are going to have to move on, you know, and now it looks like it's a, a Sutton Judy, and now we need to find that third guy. Is that K.J. Hamler? Is that Washington? There's been some rumors that they might look outside. For me, looking at the wide receivers that they have, I'm like, I don't think they need to bring any anybody in. What do you think? You know, as of right now, I don't think you need to bring anybody in because this offense is you're primarily going to be in a two-wide receiver set. There's still 12 guys right now on this roster for training camp. And you're probably going to – you're keeping four, might be up on game day, and then the rest of the guys are going to be looked at as primarily special teams. So I still believe there's a ton of talent in that wide receiver room so you don't have to rush and go bring somebody in. But at the same time, you know, you want to make sure that other guys are ready just in case because – this team is win-win-now mode. So if these guys are able to grasp the concepts and they're able to take steps forward each and every day, you let it ride and you keep the guys that you have in the room. But if there are some guys that are struggling with this playbook or not producing as much as you would like them to, at that point, that's when you start looking outside because there is a couple of good names out there on the street still. Yeah, you know, OBJ's not bad. Yeah, not bad. Um, <laughs> and I, I do believe that the Broncos are in a good position, you know, with a guy like OBJ because, you know, having a guy like Russell, uh, an alpha guy that's played a lot of football, I think now you can micromanage some of the personality traits of a guy like OBJ. You know, I, I don't think a young coaching staff alone could get that done. I, I do believe that, you know, you got to build a village and it takes everybody in the village. So, um, if you do look at a guy like OBJ, I do believe you have the quarterback that's going to kind of help, you know, with that relationship and, and help also get him the football and keep him happy as well. Let's move over to the tight end. So Nathaniel Hackett, we're going to get into this a little bit later. Nathaniel Hackett's running practice a little bit differently. And a lot of the NFL guys like you and some of the media guys are really worried. They had two fields going today. Salbert was on the second field kind of running with the twos. We had Albert O and uh, Greg Dulcich came back today. How did the tight ends look? Well, the tight ends look good. You know, um, Salbert has, has had a phenomenal camp up until now. You know, he's, he's been dominating. He's, he's definitely emerged as one of Russell Wilson's favorite targets, I'd say. Um, kind of how they did it today with having – you know, Alberto and uh, Greg Dulcich on the same field. Well, you're doing that because Dulcich has been hurt. He's been limited in practice. And they want Alberto to become the guy because, let's just be honest, it's scary. If Alberto could become a active and, and willing participant in the run game and, and blocking in the run game, you know, he could easily be a thousand-yard tight end but also be a dominant guy where now you're looking at guys that make pro bowls, make all pros and really have an opportunity to be in the ring of fame or wear a gold jacket someday because of this system. We've seen it so many different times. Uh, Shannon Sharp, right, back in the day here in the Shanahan tree, we watched the success that Owen Daniels had 
in 2015 with Peyton Manning and coming back here with Kubiak and those guys and running the same type of offense. We see what George Kittle does out there with the 49ers. So this thing is geared up for the tight end to have some success. And I like how they kind of went about it today with Alberto and um, Dulcich as the guys working with Russell Wilson because those are the guys that need to get going. Those are the guys that can really expose defenses when you get to the passing game. And today was a passing day. You know, when you slow it down and you're trying to have an easier day or trying to save these guys' legs or whatever you want to call it, you're not going to be running through a football a ton. So today was a little bit easier day. We slow it down. There was more pass emphasis. And it was nice to see um, Alberto and uh, Dosage also working along with the ones because those are the guys that are going to create mismatches each and every week for you. You were out there with Kittle last year. You got to see it up close and personal. You know, just from the outside looking in, it seems like he likes the hitting just as much as the receiving. Is that guy just wired that way? Yeah. Yeah, Kittle's wired different. You know, he takes pride in his run blocking. He takes pride in his pass blocking. He's uh, whatever you need me to do, coach, I'll, I'll go out there and do it with a smile on my face type of guy. So when you have that guy, and yet he's such a freakish athlete in a passing game, you know, you're going to always want that guy on the field, and it makes it easy to call his number multiple times in a game. Right now, that's the, that's the challenge for this tight end room. Who's going to emerge as the one, and who's going to emerge as the two, and because you're going to get your fair share of targets, but now you got to make it make it in a way that when you're on the field, you're not giving away run or pass for other teams because you're just as capable of blocking in the run game as you are when you're running routes in the passing game. You're listening to Believe in the Broncos podcast presented by Bet Online. Oh, here's the big stir up and down Broncos country right now. Nathaniel Hackett's running these practices is different than we've seen here. He's got light days. He's got heavy days. He's got medium days. Nobody in the media really knows what day is going to be what. He kind of he sprung an easy day on him either earlier in the week or last week. What's your thoughts on it? Do you think it's too soft? Do you see them working? Like, What's your feelings about how Nathaniel Hackett's handling all this? Uh, it's a little different. You know, uh, it's setting it up to blow up in his face if it doesn't work out. Uh, I will tell you that. Um, the thing that, that that's a little bit different, because I kind of understand why they're doing this, because out there, being out there last year in San Francisco and, you know, the science behind it and things like that. So you want to be able to have some harder days and some, some easier days. But where the Broncos are, are kind of throwing me for a loop is, when they go to their lighter days, it's a complete jog through. You know, when I was in San Francisco last year, we went to our lighter days. It was full go, but it was just less reps. So, you know, on a lighter day, the guys might take 20 reps fully all day. But on a heavier day now, you might have guys taking about 40 reps each, you know, in team drills. So that's been the biggest difference because now it's, you know, it's not walk through tempo, but it's jog through tempo. And I don't really know what you're really accomplishing, you really only can accomplish the assignment of things. Right. And, you know, when you play football, football is played fast. It's played full speed. It's played with another human being that's trying to rip your face off that's in front of you. And it's played to compete. And you don't do any of that on these lighter days. So it's more mental day. But for me, I just get a little frustrated because how do you work on the timing of this offense? How do you work on you know, giving these running backs these visual keys that they truly need if you're not ramping it up and getting after it in practice. 
you know, is he running any one-on-ones? I've heard he's not running really any one-on-ones right now. Yeah, no one-on-ones. I haven't seen a one-on-one. Um, I haven't seen no seven-on-seven. Kind of said that he doesn't really, he's not really going to do that. Or guys talking about it not being real football. But kind of my frustration with that, Chris, is if you're not running one-on-ones and you're not doing seven-on-seven, how do you allow a guy to try new things? You know, for me, if I wasn't doing any of those things, I'm not going to try something new in a team drill where now I can mess up and then my coach is looking at me like, what the heck? You just wasted that rep because of you. So it's if you're really setting some of these guys up to go into games with a little less tools in their toolbox. You know, I always looked at the National Football League and just playing the sport in the game of football. As you, you know, practice, you get the tools that you need, right? You're working on different techniques. And as a player, you go into the game with a big toolbox. It's up to you to pull up the right tool versus the situation. When you're not doing these one-on-ones, you're not doing these seven-on-seven drills, guys are not going to really try new things or try to implement things in their game. So you're going to see guys doing a lot of the same things where now you're kind of giving the defense a tell because they know you're going to do certain things. You know, for me, when I would go one-on-ones, I wanted to work on my jump set because I wanted to, to refine that and, and get good at it. Um, I'll tell you what, with DeMarcus Ware, we all remember that the fake spin on Joe Staley, <laughs> yeah. but nobody remembers how that came about. Um, well, you know, DeMarcus Ware tried the fake spin one day in practice and almost got Clady, got Clady a little bit. And <laughs> obviously, you know, he was excited about that, Clady being a all pro and, and, you know, pro bowl offensive tackle. So, you know, you, you saw him do it against a guy in practice, just messing around in one-on-ones and he's able to have success. So now the light bulb went off where he carried that into the game with him against another all pro pro bowl tackle and Joe Stoley. And Joe Stoley is definitely going to wear a gold jacket someday. So, you know, he was able to find that and stumble upon that by doing it in a one-on-one type setting where you're trying different techniques. And my big argument right now is if you're not having those periods, when do guys get to try things out? Because some guys will be afraid to try things out just because it's in a team setting and you don't want to mess up or, you know, do something that's a little bit unconventional. And all of a sudden now the play is dead because you decided to try something new. Uh, I was reading an article here. Actually, it's written by your radio partner on 104.3 The Fan. You can listen to Big O at 6, Monday through Fridays. Uh, Cecil wrote, Bull's best day. Like, as an offensive lineman kind of going through, uh, you know, walkthroughs or jogthroughs, how would you know if you're having a good day? Um, How would I know if I was having a good day in practice? Yeah, like you just through walkthroughs and stuff? Is it just steps? Oh, no, no, no. So Cecil's writing that for yesterday. That's not yeah. regarding today. Oh, so okay. Yesterday. yesterday when they were in full pads. Oh, good, because I wanted it. to ask about him. Yeah, because we actually we talked about it last night. So that 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 statement, that comment, or that article is based on yesterday. Um, well, you know, typically for offensive linemen, if you don't hear your name called, you're not getting yelled at yet a good day, right? So <laughs> right. Exactly. That's kind of um, how you know if the day was good or not. Sure. How do you think the offensive line's coming around? It's tough sledding. You know, it's not something that's going to gel together overnight. You know, so they're going in the right direction. You know, Butch Berry and company, the offensive line coach, the offensive line staff, they, they got their work cut out for them because 
this, the run game, the pass game, everything is predicated on this offensive line. And the good thing about it is that you don't have to really move people in this offense. You just have to be able to get the right hat placement, set your hands the right way, and then you're going to be able to, you know, kind of displace a guy and get him moving lateral. It's not a move him vertical type of offense. So I think that they're, you know, they're, they're plugging away. Um, it's by far not a finished product and don't anticipate with how training camp has been with the hard days, the medium days and the light days being like a, a jog through. Don't anticipate that really coming together until about a first couple of weeks into the season, you know, and this team trying to figure out their identity in the month of September. I, I think by the end of September, we should have a really good feel of this offensive line, but there's still a lot of work to be, to be done. Okay. This is, this is interesting. So the Broncos haven't really put out a depth chart, but I go to ESPN all the time. Just kind of, they move things around all the time and it's, it's not official, but they have Brett Rippon moved up to second, Josh Johnson down at third. And that's either here nor there. If that's first or second, how important is it to all the players right now, once they get that real depth chart, because they know where they stand, how important is that to them to just watch that name move up the board? Like that, honestly, I'm the worst person to ask about that, Chris, because my seven years in the league, I was a starter, <laughs> so I wasn't really paying a lot of attention to uh, the depth chart. As far as Rippin goes, they, that's rightfully deserving. Uh, I tell you, Rippin has stood out the last couple of days uh, with Johnson. It looks like he's trying to run around a little bit too much back there, and it's almost like he's trying to bring Russell Wilson's game day playing style to practice and kind of playing outside of the offense and, and not really working on the timing aspect of it when he's in there. And just yesterday, you know, the end practice, there was the two minute drill where the ones went twice, the twos went once and the threes went once and Rippin went with the threes and Rippin had the most success. He was able to drive it down the field and, and score a touchdown where the ones kind of went four plays and out. The twos went three and out. Then the ones were back up. And the ones, I think, may have went, ran five plays at that point. And, and Rippin was the only quarterback yesterday to be able to push the ball down the field and actually get some explosives and, and finish in the end zone. So um, I think he should be the two, uh, especially right now, unless he lays an egg. I, I anticipate Rippin being on the football team and backing up Russell, Russell Wilson. Do you think Brett Rippon's ready to be the uh, backup like John, like Gary Kubiak was to John Elway? We always knew Gary was there. You know what I mean? Like he didn't play a lot, but we, everybody had tons of confidence in Gary. And, uh, you know, maybe I'm wrong. I think they just brought Josh Johnson in because he's just a veteran trying to test Brett or whatever. Uh, well, Josh Johnson's been in this offense before, right? He's okay. Down and, and you know, the problem is when you have a young coaching staff and a new coaching staff and they're trying to implement a new offense, you want to get as much player coaches out there as possible, right? So, you know, this is offense that Russ is learning for the first time. So, you know, you got Johnson in that room to help with some of the concepts and help, you know, help Russ along a little bit if he has any questions. Um, you got Tom Compton and Billy Turner that have played in the same system as well. So in that offensive line room to help those guys out. Um, running back, it's never really that important. You know, you just got to have a coach that kind of understands the scheme and, and it's going to be tough on those guys. So I anticipate they're going to be fine in that room. Um, but when you just look at it, 
you know, the, the player coach, the more you could have a player coach, a guy that's going to hold guys accountable, but also a guy that understands all positions out, that are out there on the field, the better you're going to be able to help this football team, but also excel, accelerate the learning curve for this football team. I think uh, most people agree right now that the secondary unit for the Denver Broncos is probably the best unit right now. A guy that I've always kind of really rooted for, Michael Ojemudia, seemed to get in Vic Fangio's doghouse. How's he looking this year? Uh, Ojemudia's looked good. You know, um, uh, Ojemudia, you uh, saying Bassey, those guys have looked good. Those guys kind of like, hey, they're not the starters, but, you know, they're the next guys up. Those guys have looked really, really good. You know, the Broncos are going to have some depth in that defensive back room, and, and that's going to be really exciting to watch them play because I think they're going to go a little bit more man-to-man and, and blitz a little bit more heavily than when Vic Spangio was here. And, you know, the, the pass rush is going to be able to eat as well. And when you have the quarterback that can micromanage the heck out of the game and with this run game, there, there should be opportunities to really, you know, get after quarterbacks this year. But O.J. Moody has looked good. He's looked like he's honing in, a lot more comfortable out there. Uh, Bassey as well. You know, those, those young guys have, have looked good. It's going to be interesting to see kind of what those guys contribute, though, uh, in special teams because, you know, you, you're going to have Sertain out there. You're going to have K1 out there. And you're going to have um, Darby out there. Those, those are the the big name guys, the big money guys, or whatever you kind of want to call it. But, um, you know, like um, O.J. Moody, uh, Bassey, these guys are going to have to make hay on special teams. And, and you know, hopefully they're, they're frustrated it, it, that their role is that limited, but hopefully we can start seeing the production kind of like how we saw uh, like Omar Bolden back in the day, Bradley Roby, you know, David Bruton, these guys that were, weren't the starters because you were so good but yet they just found a way to carve out a name for themselves on special teams because they were just playing lights out out there. You know, the big thing everybody's excited for is the Cowboys coming in here. Is there anything else you're looking forward to as we go on? Maybe uh, uh, Coach Hackett is maybe saving them up for the Cowboy weekend. You know, who knows? And maybe if they look bad in practice, be the Cowboys, then they'll start ratcheting things up a little bit more. You know, what's going to be interesting about this whole thing is uh, you got Dallas coming in and it doesn't look like the Broncos are going to go three hard days in a row, but you have three practices against Dallas. So now you're going to go against another team that, and they're trying to bully you and, and they don't like you and they're, it's going to be chippy out there. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this thing is micromanaged because as of right now, the Broncos haven't went three hard days in a row. You know, it's been two hard days and then a light day. So I just want to see what happens next week when Dallas comes. Are we already practicing against them twice? And then we'll say, hey, we'll, we'll see you guys come later because we, we don't want to go hard today. Or are they fully going to get that work in? Because I think there's a lot that you can learn once you're scrimmaging, scrimmaging against the other team, especially when you're going ones-on-ones. And now you don't know that person's moves and he doesn't know your moves. And, you know, the, every practice is like a mini little mini game. So It'll be interesting to see what happens next week when Dallas finally gets here. Were you here when the Texas came in for those practices here in Denver? I remember being out there with the media and everyone yeah. else was JJ Watt. JJ Watt was going nuts all day long. It was, was crazy. Trying to go nuts. Yeah, he was. He he lost yeah. it a few times. And yeah, he was he was trying to. Um, you know, JJ is interesting. You know, I played JJ in, in, in college. 
And when I was at the University of Miami, my junior year, and he was at Wisconsin, his junior year. And then, you know, obviously he had a crazy senior year in college, became a first-round pick. Um, you know, those practices, those practices against other teams, those are the ones that you, you get up a little bit more for. And there's a, a lot more testosterone flowing in the air, <laughs> and a, a little bit more back and forth, a little bit more John. But um, it's, it's going to be it's going to be fun because I look forward to those. You get tired of hitting your own teammates. You get tired of going against the same guys. And, you know, when you get to practice against another team, I feel like the days end up going a little bit by a little bit faster. That's Orlando Franklin. You can listen to him Monday through Friday on the fan at six or follow him on social media. Oh, Franklin 74 big O thanks for everything. I appreciate your time today. And uh, let's, let's hope these uh, practices get more interesting for you. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they get a little bit more interested. Hopefully, you know, they can just continue to get the work in that, that is needed. And, you know, you hate to see the injuries that happened to Tim Patrick and Crockett yesterday. But hopefully mm-hmm. that doesn't deteriorate this coaching staff from from getting after it because you know NFL football season is long, it's grueling, and you know you, these guys have to learn how to callous their mind and also callous their body because you're never going to feel good until April, and you got to learn how to play through you know not feeling 100 percent each and every day, and that's my big fear about this whole easy day. And you know I'm just like man, had I known the NFL was going to this. I would have held on for another couple more years and try, try to play. To a they could have used you for sure the last few yeah. years. Yeah, uh, you exactly. know, I don't know who said it. It was one of the players. They said that when you're in training camp, you finally get to a practice and maybe it's a weekend where you get there and you're like, I don't know if how I'm going to get through this thing. This It's just, I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm sore. It's been grueling. And then you get done with the practice and, and you're like, Oh, okay. I made it through another day. Like, do you need those days? For me, I just always thought that training camp was supposed to be hard. You know, training camp right. was made, made to weed out the guys that were mentally weaker. You know, training camp is, the, there's something, each and every person goes through it each and every day. Right. You know, when I would go to training camp, I started thinking about training camp like four weeks out and just thinking about like, man, this is going to suck. <laughs> and, and then three weeks, like, man, I can't believe it. Time's going by too quick. And then, you know, you finally show up and, you know, it's going to be a grind, but you're able to, you know, go through it mentally and come out more tough on the other end. Where right now, I don't know how you do that in today's NFL because it just seems like, honestly, like a joke compared to what it was back in the day. I retired four years ago. I could imagine that go through training camp OTAs you this is a year-round profession now and you put all that work in and then you get to that locker with the fresh new jersey in there and you, keep, you realize hey it was all worth it yeah no absolutely absolutely that's a, that's the mindset that's the thought process good stuff big o catch you again next week all right thanks a lot chris great day
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.